Hey, Sherry, are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, Sherry, how you doing? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. You hear that sound? You know what that is? I do hear that sound, and I think it's the sound of season seven. You are correct. That is the sound of season seven of This Most Unbelievable Life, the podcast. Woohoo! We've made it seven seasons with our excellent listeners at our side. We appreciate all of the support that we get, and we're looking forward to another great season. Yes, indeed. Let's get on with the show. Hmm. Hello, Doc. Sherry, speak. <laughs> See, this is why we always wait so long at the beginning to sort out who's going to yeah. go. Ladies first. Well, you looked like you were kind of doing a thing, so I was going to fill the time. Was I? Was I? Anyway, good afternoon, anyway. Dr. Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, Dr. Spiegel. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I feel like I'm getting my vocal cords all nice and warmed up today, ready for the semester, and then I'm going to sort of throw them through like some sort of weird experiment because next week I'm going to be on a silent retreat. Yeah. So, but now I feel like they're getting their they're getting their exercise this week. Yeah, How? I'm checking in with mine. Yeah, I'm checking in with mine. I think I think I'm still it it really does feel like knocking the dust off yeah. of them because it's like after after not talking very much for a while and then like projecting and talking again. It's like they feel dusty. Yeah. They feel dusty. Um, you, and you... I'm not quite vocally ready to teach <laughs> at all. So I need to have a couple more uh, speaking experiences Well, between what? now and then. Luckily, we've got a number of those lined up for this week, don't yeah, we? Yeah, right, right, right. We did. Yeah, we just did one. Yeah, we just did one. We did. And we have another tomorrow. Um, would you like to tell our listeners why, in fact, your vocal cords are dusty? Uh, there's a couple of reasons. I'll, I'll talk about why they're dusty, and then I can talk about why they're particularly dusty. Excellent. Um, they're, they, they get dusty. I mean, after a, a week or two, after a semester ends, and then I end up for some reason talking like a bit for a day, it's like I can't even feel it after a week or two mm-hmm. that you know, I've, I don't know how to say it. I don't even see. I, biologically, I don't even know what's going on because it's like I've lost the calluses on my vocal cords. I don't know. I don't know if that's but a thing. I mean, yeah. during a good middle of a semester, like you know, a good October or March or something like that, I can talk all day and I'm fine the next day. But you know, after a couple of weeks of a week or two of not talking, they always get a little, a little that strain. I don't know. Like I said, they just feel dusty. Yeah. Yeah. It's feel kind of dusty and. It's like, and eh, we're done talking for the day, just so you know. Yeah. I, it gets harder to push words out. Right. It goes from being sort of effortless to a sort of uncomfortable amount of awareness of yeah. one's vocal strain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and every everything that has to be said is like, <gasps> you know, and you got to do it. takes a little more work. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of interesting because um, over the course of this winter break, so we're going back into our new academic semester, um, I feel like during the day, most days, 
I have spent a lot of time just kind of alone and not talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly not holding court on Zoom for multiple hours. Right. Um, right. So the other day, you and I had a phone call that was our first in about, oh, I don't know, say 10 days. 10 or 11 days. Yeah, 10 days. Uh-huh. And like we had been talking for like maybe 45 minutes and I started thinking to myself, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I yeah. can't do this. Which is funny because we talk for multiple hours on the regular. Yeah. But I needed a break the other day. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I I was pretty much done at that point as well. Um, I did not talk for 10 days. You did not. I did not say a word. for. Well, I said a couple of words because every once in a while you have a conversation with like one of the teachers or something. It was on a 10 day silent meditation retreat. Yeah. And so just coming off of, so it's like whatever dustiness accumulates over the, over the winter, winter break, let's like see if I can 10 X that by like literally not speaking at all for 10 days. And it was, it's strange. I mean, that first time you have any kind of actual conversation, like out in the open, you can really hear how you're trying to talk over other people around you, masks notwithstanding, Mm -hmm. which makes it even more so, um, it's talking is a very curious experience. It um, is. And I think it's one that when we don't talk for a while um, or talking is significantly reduced for whatever that reason, you're sort of, I mean, it's not so challenging to, to ramp down from talking as it is to ramp up. That's where the work seems to be for me anyway. Right. Um, you, you really see how much you do it and it's like as soon as i started talking again after those 10 days when did that in the 7th january yeah. 7th yep. i think so i'm like three or four days on from it it's like when you talk your head vibrates yeah you know and it's like I, you don't notice that every day but you know when you go for a while without talking you start talking again you notice all kinds of things that happen when you actually uh vocally express which mm-hmm. is uh kind of weird it's kind yeah of weird. Yeah, it's, um, I used to think that, like, I couldn't be in silence and that, like, I, every time I was with someone, I needed to fill the air. Um, and I think the more I get used to silence, the more I appreciate people that I can spend time with and not have to fill the air with, which is funny considering I am a incredible incredibly talkative person mm-hmm. like i, mm-hmm. I, think I are would... you ever <laughs> oh it's like yeah you sure are mm-hmm. i'm like mm-hmm. 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 listen here pot yeah me too yeah me too. yeah i was gonna say pot kettle um yeah i mean we're, we both are so the fact that i think you and i can find space to shut up together i think says something about I don't know, comfort, like, or... Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, that, that awkward silence. Why is it, Why is silence so awkward? Um, yeah. I, somebody, somebody said that to me the other day. I was talking to somebody, like, on Zoom, and it's like, if there's silence for more than, like, five seconds, this is like, you know, awkwardness followed by giggling, followed by fidgeting, followed by... And I certainly had experiences like that when I was growing up, when, mm-hmm. when silence was present and feeling not comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and now I think I'm a little more comfortable with it, but it sort of 
it's that's still a little context dependent. I mean, there have been silences that have been pretty awkward that I've been in lately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's curious. I mean, when when in under what context awkward silence sort of arises and how we respond to it, and it's like what you, you see people's baseline nervous responses a lot of times when that awkward silence is is coming. Yeah, up. it's interesting because silence can be like this precious, beautiful spaciousness, and then it can also be this deafening awkwardness heavy heavy thick you know yeah it can do both things um but i have noticed i get almost hyperactively chatty when i'm uncomfortable like i talk more yeah i don't know what i do um i don't know if i do that i I don't know if i do that do i i I don't know if i do that it depends on the context but i've i have a I believe I have. I am thinking of two occasions where I think you've you've done that. Yeah, in my that's. Presence. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were true. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, if if you're not necessarily known for, you know, being a fairly silent individual, I don't. I don't know if folks notice that notice that as much or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of social benefit conferred upon those who are, are, are chatty talky comfortable speaking you know i don't want to say extrovert because that's that's too broad of a brush but i mean we're such a vocal species um not just vocal fluency but i mean the willingness to offer it yeah seems like i mean we've all we've all been in conversations when we've said wow can't that person just shut up for a minute? For a minute, it's like I feel that way on many guided meditations as well. It's like, man, can they just be quiet for a second, you know? Um, which is kind of hilarious uh, considering. But um, it's the, you know, the, the the idle, I mean, the the small talk idle chatter, which sort of has its place as a social tool, as a social mm-hmm. tool, right? As a, as a comfort device, as all kinds of things. Um is 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 high value i think yeah i think it's high value high value and sometimes perceived perceived high value right let me say perceived high value yeah because i'm thinking about so next week i will be at the abbey for five days that i go to silencio silencio yeah, and so it's silent, but um, we do still, unless, I mean, I'm not sure exactly if they cha- have changed anything with this ver- current version of the COVID spike, but um, typically we sit in the same room when we eat our meals, and we sit in silence, and the first time I went, I was like, oh, that's going to be so terrible to, like, eat in silence, and the first time I was there, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is luxury. It's glorious. Yeah, it's glorious. Because all I can think about is, like, academic conferences around, like, a horrible little tiny table trying to make, you know, quaint chatter with the other people who are eating. And maybe one of them is a dear friend. And then somebody else is at the table who I've never met. But because I want to be a nice person, I'm trying to include them. 
but also I don't know what to say. And yeah, right. how do I chew my food and not look ridiculous and content? It's too much. Yeah, yeah. And, and that on top of everybody else in the room who's also trying to do the same thing. Yep. So you get this this like baseline murmur of yeah. what is it that we say? Peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. You know, yeah. this kind of murmur in the background going on. You know, and you're trying to talk to the person next to you, but you really don't kind of always want to. And it's like, so where did you travel from? Hmm, are you giving a Are you giving a presentation at this conference this year? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, <laughs> just kill me now. You know, it's a it because but it's it's curious because on the one hand it's like part of me does genuinely enjoy it i mean i don't find any particular hesitation to it it's just the framework in which it is that it's the pressure that goes along with to, to do it and do it well and seems it, it man, manufactured social yeah occasions with you know you know random people at your table which you know in in high school is i mean that sounds like hell yeah and it was mm-hmm. and it was for many people What's funny about that, like, manufactured chatter is that I enjoy having done it. I don't enjoy when I'm doing it. No, Do you know no, no. I mean? when, you, when you're doing it, it's like I'm trying to eat. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, got, I got way more forks than I usually use on this table. <laughs> and, <laughs> but at the end of the meal, like, when I say to, you know, stranger danger to my left, like, it was nice to meet you. Like, I mean it. Like, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So it's it's curious, you know? And I think it's it's when, when speech naturally arises. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a case when speech is not naturally arising. I mean, there are times in that situation of the standard round conference table seating eight or ten where people are trying to have wonderful conversations with the people next to them. It's like the dinner rolls are on the other side of the table. And I need to vocalize a solution to that or I'm not going to get one. Well, Can you pass that? You know, um, yeah, excuse and you ha- me, could you, ask, could you ask the person next to you to send over that salad dressing, please? That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and you have to do it all while acknowledging the story that the person talking. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, gotta, hey, you gotta juggle a lot. It's, yeah. You have to juggle. You have to juggle. We're talking about this, like, lovely experience, but when's the last time you were actually in one of these situations? Uh, the awards dinner. The awards dinner. When was that? Uh, October, November. Year? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was at that, mm-hmm. was at that awards dinner a couple of months ago. This is post- Post high delta pre Omicron when things were actually looking well, never really okay. But we there was that brief window of about a month or so where it's like things were pretty, pretty low key and they crammed in a lot of in person events right then. And that that's hit the sweet spot, so nobody got COVID or anything like that that I know of. But yeah, I mean, it was there were 150 of us or so in a big room, and there were yeah it's like wear a mask to the table once you're at the table you can take your mask off as if you know that's gonna make a huge difference i think but uh, i was blessed by sitting next to an interesting person who i've known for many years um and so that that, yeah that, that was helpful but yeah it is interesting though because um folks have commented on how well networked i am and i sort of take a strange pride in that Hmm. and what I do know is that that network that I have largely, especially like if I'm talking about my academic field, it comes from those awkward conversations at those tables that yeah. I have, you know, yeah, it does. but that, I, that's part of the intent of them though. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, But I also haven't had one of those since I think, I think, I think 2019, the presentation that that rando biologist helped me prepare for. Oh, yeah, right. That conference, it was in Baltimore. That might have been the last one I went to. Yeah, cool. I mean, we used to do this all the time with with honors conferences. You know, we take those kids all over the place. Yeah. They all had conference style dinners. And there are. We'd actually considered this because um, we would we would talk about how it's a conference dinner. So students, that's a great opportunity for you to practice. Your so I'm laughing as I say it at the yeah. absurdity of it. You know, practice your social skills. It's like they're if if they don't have a lot of comfort level and social skills with with conference chatter at a at a at a dinner table in a conference dinner, you're actually traumatizing them. And if they already do have that kind of fluency, they're not going to learn anything because there's nothing to learn. So the whole thing is like a non-starter with, you know, yeah. the people who can do it. You're actually making it worse with people who can do it. You're not actually doing anything worth it. But there's dinner involved, so it's cool. So, you know, a lot of people feel like they're being subjected to it. Yeah. You know, when you have that sort of requirement on on people. And um, not always uh, – I mean, how many how many of these things that we think are in the best interest of our charges that we teach or grow or give birth to or whatever, you know, in in their best interest as a learning experience are really just like super traumatizing them. I can come up with several. Yeah. I can come up with several, you know, in my life. It's like they, they were teaching me social skills and whatever, but it was horrible. Right. Well, it makes you wonder, like, maybe we're better off without some of these social skills. But Yeah, yeah, maybe. It, I, it, I mean, it's the, know, it's the dis- discomfort with silence. It is. You know, I've thought about the ways that conferences and other kinds of, like, community spaces have worked on increasing accessibility in recent years. And, right. um, you know, I've seen... You know, even things like different colored wristbands, depending on how o- open you are to like, you know, this kind of thing, like chatter yeah, kind of right. thing. Um, and recently I've been in Zoom groups where, you know, you're able to basically opt out of the breakout group. Um, it's almost like I wish at conferences they had placards on tables that were like the quiet table, like the quiet car on Amtrak. Yeah. And you yeah, could go yeah. and just sit down and know, like, we're just, we're not going to do it here. We're just going to, we're going to eat. We're going to focus on our chicken. Thank you. Yeah. Have our conference <laughs> chicken and, <laughs> and be done. Be done with it. Yeah. That's great. That's do you great. think the chicken's I mean, dry? The alternative, I mean, the alternative is what you see in the conference, right? Is there's a couple of tables in the back that have like one or two people at them kind of sitting on opposite sides. It's like if you, if you actually want that kind of quiet meal experience, you sort of have to self-ostracize a little bit. Um, yeah, which... but you, you know what happens when that happens is that the empath in me is like, oh, look at the, yeah, look gonna, at the poor person. Go over and my... <laughs> exactly. And so then I always go with my loud friends and I'm like, yeah. do you mind if we join you? And then, you know, what are they going to say then? So, well, that's, yeah, that, I mean, there's some, definitely some, some assumptions that are built into what, what happens when we observe that. Because like, because I mean, I, I do the same thing. I would see that situation and say, oh, look at the poor lonely people. I'm going to go and, you know, unburden them from their, their isolation. I'll be yeah. their friend, you know, and 
all the while they're like, oh, hi, how are you? You know, we'll have a chat, but they're probably thinking, get the hell out of here. What yeah. are you doing? Can you not see that I was eating in peace, eating in peace here? Yeah. You know? It's interesting at board game conventions, sometimes they have these things you can put up on the table that are like, we're looking for one more or all slots are filled. Like, yeah. there's got to be a way people could, you know, communicate these things. I mean, there's also the option of articulating your needs to others you run into but you know what do i know sounds like a bridge too far yeah a bridge too far yeah. i wonder if they did that though so if, if you went to a conference and did like just like curious i'm just curious about this if you went to a conference and had like some sort of conference meal which i am assuming that will happen sometime again during our lifetimes i don't know i suspect but we'll see um and it's like standard big round tables in a conference room kind of thing. And it's like, if you have a red tablecloth, you're at a speaking table. If you have a blue tablecloth, it's a quiet table. And disperse them around. How many people do you think would go for the blue table? I think, well, I think it depends probably on a lot of factors. But I would hazard a guess that many people would really welcome that space. Um, and part of that is, one, it can just be like, you know, if you're... There are all kinds of reasons that a person might choose that table. Um, yeah, I think it's, it could be interesting. I know at some of the conferences I've been to, we do have, like, a quiet room that people can go yeah, into. right. Like, um, so I think there's acknowledgement in certain spaces. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? Well, I'm, I'm seeing it kind of in the same sort of in the same way as, like, vegetarian meals. It's like, check the box if you're vegetarian, vegan, or whatever. And then it's like they, they get that many plus 10% or so of, of the vegetarian ones. And it's like if people don't lock those down and like say only vegetarian, only the vegetarians get the vegetarian meals, they'll vanish immediately. Because yeah. like people will like grab them. It's like, ooh, vegetarian. And they'll grab it even though they didn't indicate it on the thing, you know? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, they always make that announcement. Please make sure that vegetarian and vegan diners, right? Right. Don't take one unless you indicated that you were. Um, I suspect these tables might be the same thing. And that, that always mismatches, mismatches intent a lot of times because it's like, well, we'll put a couple of tables out for people who don't have a conversation. So we'll put, I don't know, three three tables out. It was like 10%. And it's like, I suspect they'll be snapped up in seconds. Yeah. In seconds. It's almost like you got to have the two rooms for the people that or the the two tables for the people who really can't. Yeah, we're uniters, not dividers, though. Yeah. And we like representation in public spaces and things like yeah. that. What an interesting concept, though. Just like, um, yeah. I was thinking about that even. So earlier today, uh, we gave a presentation uh -huh. at a conference that is totally online. So there are no uh -huh. conversations at tables. Uh, but we did do breakout groups. Uh -huh. And one of the things that we noticed was before our breakout group, we had, what, 88 people 80, on the call? 82, 82. Yeah, and then after, we had 55 people. And yeah. I have totally done this, where I've been in an event, and they decide to go to a breakout room. I'm not expecting it. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm out. And yeah. I believe we watched a number of people do that today, yeah, which I is basically so. the equivalent of, I'm going to the quiet table. Yeah, going to the quiet table. Yeah. Yeah. It's curious. It is curious. And, you know, uh, now that I 
saw and experienced that so so directly. I mean, that doesn't happen in my class that often because it, it, it it's sort of they're coerced, you know, yeah. <laughs> on Zoom classes to stay. So, but I I've done that myself though. I've done yeah. that myself too. So it's like I don't fault I don't fault people one bit. I don't yeah. fault people one bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's so interesting. It is interesting. So what is it that we're talking about here? Like, what is, it feels like all of what we've talked about today has had a similar thread, but we've bounced around, right? Like we've talked about periods of talking, periods of not talking, social talking, not socially talking. Like, Well, we're, we're empowered with humans, many of us, um, with the, the uniqueness of being able to articulate words and that over our human evolution i think has become the dominant way that information comes across not the only one is body language and all this other kind of stuff you know when writing is, is sort of different than, than this because with, with writing you have an opportunity to edit you know? <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with speaking once you say it it's like it's 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 out there. It's out yeah. there. I mean, there, you, you can try to do a second draft if you want to, but it's like, you know what? Let me rephrase that. And and I do that all the time myself because it's like the first time that something comes out, it's it's not always perfect or as intended. Or I afterwards I see how it lands and say, you know what? I might do an alternative. Um, but it's so fast. The rate of information flow through talking is so fast mm-hmm. um, that you can. You can get yourself into a lot of a lot of trouble quickly using words, mm-hmm. either without without realizing it or definitely realizing it as you're doing it, intentionally or unintentionally. It just has such an extraordinary power, and I think it has an extraordinary power because it speaks the same language as your thoughts. Mm. I mean, thoughts. You know, you, you speak. You and I, we're in North America. We have uh, succumbed to the dominant language here in this great nation of ours. Uh, we speak English. If you're listening to this podcast, you may have noticed that by now. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are in English too. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I think something either ridiculous or random or on task or whatever it is, it's the exact same language. It's like, what is the difference? Be- and this is where the filter sort of comes in. What's the difference between the thoughts that do come out of your mouth and the thoughts that don't come out of your mouth. And when, when words come in, spoken words come in, how many of them pass through and how do they get converted into, into thought? And there's not a big difference. I mean, your ears go right to your brain. Your ears go right to your brain. Um, And once things, and your ears go right to your brain and your words come right out of your emotions. A lot of, (laughs) a lot of times. And, and there can be sort of a mismatch, mismatch there, you know? And Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like I say it's interesting and I feel like a lot. Um, but <laughs> It's interesting you feel like that. It is interesting that I feel that mm-hmm. way. Um, but I've been thinking a lot lately about what, what needs to be heard. Hmm. Right. Um, And what kinds of conversations I desire to have and what kinds of things I desire to write about instead of talking about. Yeah. 
Which is really interesting because I used to talk about everything, often multiple times. Um, yeah. But it's, I think it's a really interesting, and I think you can only do this if you sort of slow yourself down. It's a really interesting exercise to figure out, to really be intentional about this thing that I'm about to say. Does it need to be heard? Yeah, right. And and what need am I trying to meet by saying this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my scenario in my brain as you were speaking converted over into like uh, um, like committee meeting mode. Mm-hmm. So you're in this meeting. <laughs> and what, what you see there, I mean, that's the ultimate case, I think, of people trying to get their needs met. Um, yeah. In one way or another. And what is what what has helped? And I used I think I used to do that. I think I used to say more than was needed in committee Me meetings. And I I say like I think I used to do that, but it's like no, I know for a fact I used to say more than was needed in the committee meeting. I'm being a little coy. Um, what has helped me? I think. Well, two things. Two things have helped me do less of that. One, don't be on as many committees. <laughs> Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, I think, the best solution, you know, that you're ever going to find. It's like, if you don't like how you show up in committee meetings, well, just don't go. You yeah. know, why are you on that committee to begin with? Sometimes we have to, though, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're called by our employer who pays us money to do these things, and that's fine. Sure. Um, they want us to know what they told us last year and remind us of these things. That's fine. And sometimes new stuff happens. Um, I mean, we're speaking at one tomorrow morning, so, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that. Um, is this, and is this, what, what has really helped me is this thought on how to say less. Is, is this something that another middle-aged white man needs to weigh in on <laughs> in this meeting? And, you know, 99% of the time, if I ask myself that question, when I get this urge to speak, the answer is like, no. If, if it's like something that I really need to know or that I really need to bring up because it directly impacts my work and what I need and what I can do, like as for my employer and stuff like that. But that that was not always why I would weigh in, right? I'd come up with these philosophical considerations and these, you know, you know, ooh, but have you thought about this kind kind of stuff? It was this jockeying creativity and you know, feigned eloquence for social status and things like that. And I was gonna park all that. It's like it's just exhausting trying to keep up with that. And what am I going to a committee meeting to be seen? I mean, and heard. Come on. Well. Um, it's I mean, not the appropriate format to do <laughs> to do that. And there are other ways to do that besides a committee meeting. Yet those are the most public venues that a lot of people have where they can be seen and heard. And so they're often used that way. So it's like, yeah. although it's necessary, not not the intended the intended platform. It's the one that is used that way more right. than many, I think, in professional. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's been a big change in me. Um, and how I engage within those spaces, just noticing a difference in myself in terms of what it is I'm trying to do around here these days. Like, yeah, right. Um, I know because I've been, you know, I've been at my college almost 15, our college for about 15 yeah. years. My college, Paul. I've been at my college almost there. 14. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the same college. But one of the things that I've noticed is. I really used to show up to work trying to be somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, And if you show up to work trying to be somebody, 
that's going to flavor how you show up to the space. Um, I was auditioning for a role. I was, I was interviewing after I got the job, you know, all of that stuff. right. Right. And so when I show up to my employer, not trying to be someone, but because I've got work to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's a totally different way of navigating space. And so it's just like, you know, the other morning I, I spoke before a meeting, um, that in the past has been a little bit challenging for me. And Mm -hmm. the morning of that presentation, I did a check down of like, I went through the needs list of like, going into this meeting, like, what needs do I need? Like, what do I need from this space? And I think a version of me in the past would have gone into that same meeting, looking for recognition, looking for acknowledgement, looking for love, looking for like, may the list go on. Right. Right. And um, I think yesterday when I went into that space, I just wanted to be heard. That's it. Yeah. That's all I wanted was to be heard for a period of time. What people did with what I said. Beyond you made an my offering. Con- you made an offering and they can take beyond, what is useful and leave what is not. You know. Yeah. Beyond my control. All I wanted was the ability to remove my mute button. I wanted to hmm. be heard. And I did that. And so then I was able to say, cool, we did that. Um, but I was like going through the list and I was like, yeah, love, I, I have that. I, I, I get that using other strategies. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to go to a meeting and get love. And what power is in that? Yeah. Oh, it's all of it. It's it's all, all, all the power is in that. I mean, you're not going there to get social standing. You're not going there to get um, recognition or, you know, a sense of value from your peer, right? And, and all of this, it's... Yeah. I have this thing that I've been asked to do and I said yes. So I'm going to offer what is true and unique and authentic to me and my perspective on it and uh may they take what is of value. Yeah. And then next and, person will speak. Yeah. And leave what's not, right? And I think yeah. I think there's a lot of freedom in just understanding that and understanding like whoever doesn't find value in the offering that's cool that's yeah that's great that's why there's more than one person speaking at the meeting right 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 Right? this is that notion of striving that i was talking about the other day they talked about this a lot on the retreat it's like in what situations are you do you feel like you're you're striving yeah like in in like an effortful way and the question that i think um, unravels the whole quilt or sweater quilt. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm making. I go with sweater here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just kind of is, is this what what would happen if I if I if I didn't? Why am I striving? Um, why what am I pushing? What what am I? What like you said? Like what need is this fulfilling? Mm-hmm. You know why why do these things require such effort? Because it's like. I mean, just like the talk we gave this morning, you know, yeah. it was 50 minutes and it was fine. It was fine. We did, we some prep work on it. So we didn't do it, you know, like some sort of nonchalant halfway kind of thing. I mean, we did a proper yep. presentation and it's like, 
cool, but you know, it was it was free of free of striving. Yeah. So it was like nice, relaxed, show up, do your thing. Great. 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 You know, there there was nothing left undone. You know, yeah. I hope people liked it, of course. Yeah. You know, um, it feels good to participate, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, my vocal cords are still getting warmed up, of course. You can even hear that now. I know. I was thinking um, that as she but, said that. <laughs> but it's like it, it's a, a lot of the, a lot of the times, you know, the the less we strive, I think, to to do things in particular ways and try to get needs met out of the context that those needs are best found. Um, the the easier things get. Yeah, yeah. And, and it I- looks it looks very similar though, but it- it's probably actually better when you don't. Right. Strive for these things. Yeah, I think this relates to what we maybe talked about last week, which at this point was like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, But it came out last week. Um, You know, this idea that there's a difference between making things happening and letting things happen. And then, you know, the best we can do is just show up fully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think. I think that that is part of, like, as we think about speech today, thinking about when when do we do the chatter? When do we let even nervous chatter come into our way of being? Like, yeah. maybe the answer to that has a lot to do with, like, well, what does it mean to be fully present in this moment? And for me, nervous chatter often is not indicative of full presence. Yeah, I wonder what would go around, what would happen in the standard conference dinner format if at each table, dinner started by everybody going around the table and um, everybody gets to weigh in, if they're choosing to participate and not at a silent table, of course, mm-hmm. right? Um, what are you feeling right now and what is alive for you right now? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like... Because, I mean, what that particular situation does, to kind of go back on this for just a second, um, it's like, how can you bring yourself to, to these moments that you're in? And it's like, wearing a suit that you haven't worn in two years. You're eating you're eating with at a table with people that you've never met before. Um, it's loud. There's an agenda. The dinner rolls are on the other side of the table. And I'm going to truly be myself in this. There's no way, you know. <laughs> so it's like it's, it's the most manufactured you know, it's the most manufactured environment you'll almost ever find. Yet you're supposed to bring some sort of uniqueness and authenticity to it. You know, where it's like, my God, there's, you know, we have to wear a jacket, have to wear a tie, have to, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an absurdly curious environment that one would only look at it with fresh eyes and, and find it absurd and laughable. and Right. It's. Not that they don't enjoy them on, I know. <laughs> on occasion either, though, because like this, it's like, but sometimes they're kind of fun. So it's I'm sort of mixed mixed on them. So it's like I have a lot of things I can say about them about how ridiculous they are. But at the same time, it's like I signed up for every meal at the conference in April because it's like, well, of course I'm going to the luncheon. Of course I'm going to the dinner. <laughs> you know why would I? How could I miss that? So you know, it's I would the the the, the FOMO outweighs the the social awkwardness of the dinner. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's so funny because as we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about the fact that we both just registered for the same conference like earlier today that's going to be in April. 
I'm thinking about the fact that I signed up for all the vegetarian meals. Yeah, right. I did too. Yeah, I did too. Because I never know, like, from week to week whether I'm vegetarian or not. So I just signed up for the vegetarian meals, right? Um, And then I was thinking, when you were saying, like, what if around the table? And I was thinking, oh, how many people... Like, our colleagues who listen to this podcast are making a note, like, don't sit with Sherry and Paul at yeah, New Horizons. Right. <laughs> Probably none of so, them, because they love us. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally going to, I'm going to totally going to come out with that, though. One of those You're going to file that so away. It's for everybody. Yeah, let's go around the table. Yeah. Why? I mean, there's nothing to lose. I mean, what do you, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know, you might end up having some interesting conversations and hopefully you might end up, you know, bringing a little bit more relaxation to the mm-hmm. to the situation people are having because everybody it's like everybody's trying to keep a secret that they're kind of uncomfortable at this thing. Yeah. And then have it and then try to be interesting on top of it. You got your name tag on. Yeah. And the whole thing. Um yeah, a lot of times the conversation that I have at those conference meals are from people who start the conversation with me after getting the vegetarian meal. And they say, wow, that looks really good. <laughs> I should have gotten that too. And I'm like, yeah, how's your conference chicken? Yep. I'm for, just for thinking. four hours, right, on low heat. Yeah. You know, for years I've had uh, a conference uh, buddy, my sort of academic brother, who like we would be at conferences and we would even if we weren't sitting together because we often weren't we'd catch each other's eye across the room and it yeah, was yeah. just like a and we're done here and so yep. we would always you know excuse ourselves we have we had met maximum conference chatter point and we would always like just go outside and have like often like the dumbest conversations but we were just done right like yeah right i remember sitting outside like a conference like having this long conversation about the bottoms of our shoes i think um you know just we're done here yeah yeah a lot of times after those dinners though it's like and our first session will begin in 15 minutes and it's like i'm exhausted from the dinner (laughs) i'm going to take a nap after the social cost of the social fuel I had to burn to do this. I'm exhausted yeah. now. Well, that was the thing is this this particular conference, um, they would give you about half of the lunch slot would be that conversation. And then the other half would be a presentation. And so it was usually right before the presentation, like my brain would get to maximum capacity and would basically start sending those alarm bells of like, yeah, you need right. to get out of there or you are going to like you know, exhibit characteristics of a very yeah. tired pigeon sherry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a, a theme to this podcast more than talking is complicated and the comfort level of can be really context dependent, I think. I mean, I remember many awkward moments with my dad. I mean, my dad was not a big talker. That's an understatement. Right. And um, I mean, there, I mean, there's with, I mean, even with one's family members, you know, there can be awkward awkward silence you know and the 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 math is kind of works out in such an absurd way where you're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't i mean is it better to be awkward and silent or is it better to actually be having a conversation a conversation here it's like you you might you might be kind of bummed out both ways yeah so what's what's to be done here and i don't know something happened over the course of my life i got pretty comfortable with silence i don't have a problem with it and i don't know if it's meditation program that i do or just being 50 and it's like oh i mean it's fine 
um, st- stuff has less power over you when you're 50 I think, than it does when you're <laughs> 25. Um, uh, I don't know, but um, I've, I've been pretty comfortable with it for, for a while. Not yeah. fully so. But mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, this practice the art of, of not feeling like you have to say something to prove your worth. Yeah. At a committee meeting. Right. You know? Or anywhere. How many t- yeah, or anywhere. How many times have we said it's like, this could have been an email <laughs> huh. rather than a meeting or something like that? It's like, yeah, it could. It yeah. It could. I mean, it so could. this could not have been an email, though, because it's a podcast. Right. And podcasts are much better than emails. They are. They are. There's room to sort of breathe in them. Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I think I we're both noticing is that it's about time for us to be at another meeting. Yes. <laughs> In which I will say nothing. But uh, I will yeah. also say nothing at this next meeting. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because we're not. It's, it's curious, though. Yeah, it's curious, though, trying to get my vocal cords back, though, because uh, we'll see. I got, a, I got a week or so before I have to really use them seriously. So, Except for tomorrow morning, in which case I do have to use them seriously, but it's not for so long. I would prefer tomorrow morning if you did use them. Yeah, I'll use them. Okay, great. Sounds good. But I can, I mean, I can feel just that little thing we did this morning. It's like, ugh. I got a little ways to go on it. I'm not sure if it's the little thing we did this morning or the little thing we did this morning plus this thing we did this afternoon. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's time for the mind a cup is of willing. Tea. The mind is willing. This is like the body is weak, you know. So we have to build up some <laughs> I, I practice resiliency and re- rebounding back from some silence. But I don't want to do it too much, though. What if it? I want to say something about that comment, like that phrase, because we've always like I've heard that so many times. Like the mind is willing, but the body is weak. What yeah. if the body knows our limits and? The mind is too eager. Yeah. The mind is willing, but the body is other, has other opinions that are based on self-compassion <laughs> and physiological needs and truth and honesty and, and how it is appearing right now. Right. And there is freedom in listening to the body. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. There is. Hmm. There is. I mean, before we do things, like, what does my body want to do? You know, why doesn't it get a say? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Cool, 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 Hmm. Well, it was lovely talking to you. It was. <laughs> it was lovely talking to you. Let's do it again soon. Okay, sounds good. Cool. Awesome. Have a lovely day, everybody. Um, consider these words and take what is this offering of, take what is useful to you and leave the rest. And we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. Awesome. Take care, cool. everybody. See you, Sherry. Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Yes. Yes. Yes.